You're listening to The Sigrun Show, episode number 326. In this episode, I talk to Patricia Lohan about how Feng Shui can set you up for business success. Welcome to The Sigrun Show. I'm your host, Sigrun, creator of Samba, the MBA program for online entrepreneurs. With each episode, I'll share with you inspiring case studies and interviews to help you achieve your dreams and turn your passion into profits. Thank you for spending time with me today. Building an online business takes time. I share with you proven strategies to help you get there faster. You'll also learn how to master your mindset, up-level your marketing, and succeed with masterminds. On today's episode, I speak with Patricia Lohan, who's an author, speaker, and feng shui expert. Patricia helps people understand and embrace Feng Shui to create their dream lives by tapping into the power of their homes and turn their living spaces into magnets for manifestation. Patricia lives between Bali, Greece, and Hawaii with her husband, Ken, and she's actually currently in New York, where I will also live for a month in the fall, and then Patricia and I plan to meet again. Before we dive in, I want to share a review from Apple Podcasts from Lauren Skull from the United States. I've been following Sigrun for a long time. Her podcast is the perfect mix of business knowledge and personal development. The content is compelling and I always finish an episode feeling excited and full of motivation and ideas and ready to take action. If you are just starting out in business or even if you are a seasoned entrepreneur, I'm sure there is some wisdom for you that you can glean from her. You won't regret listening. Thank you so much, Lauren. I would also appreciate if you left a review on Apple Podcasts and maybe you'll hear your name mentioned in an upcoming episode. Go to signal.com forward slash 326 and there you will find links to Patricia Lohan and the show notes of this episode. I am so excited to be here with Patricia Lohan to talk about Feng Shui and how your environment makes you more or less successful in business. Thank you so far much for coming on the show, Patricia. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. <laughs> and this is so funny. I am currently in my home office in Iceland and Patricia is currently in her home in Bali as we're recording this. So I find it fascinating how we can connect over these distances. And yes, this is morning for me. This is afternoon, evening for you. Yes, it's, I'm just coming into the evening near the end of my uh, working day. Yeah. So I went to Iconic last year. And I did not expect to meet anyone. So I was kind of sneaking from my hotel room down to the reception, going to grab my whatever registration stuff and just wanted to sneak back into my hotel room and then sit room. <laughs> <laughs> and that was you. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's very much like me. Yeah. <laughs> no, and I was like, oh, I'm not that. I will not know anybody. And yeah, we didn't really know each other, but we have common friends and we have I've done similar programs in the past. And yeah, we have one very common friend that was my client, was also your uh, mentoring coach. So that was what is the closest connection we found. And I was so excited to know somebody. <laughs> I know. It was so nice to look over like, oh, someone from, kind of familiar and also in the kind of similar-ish worlds. Yes. 
and from Europe. We, you know, it's it's uh, it was a very strong uh, American audience, obviously. So yeah, very strong. <laughs> um, I think it's also that Icelandic Irish thing that is quite like even closer yes. than just Europe. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Much closer. So you're basically, uh, we got talking and uh, you do feng shui and you help people kind of attract what they want in life by changing their environment. And I find that super exciting. But before we dive into that, I am always curious how people get to the point of doing what they do. Like, you know, how did you find your passion and how did you then turn it into a business? So how long do we have to go back? (laughs) So I actually got my first books about feng shui when I was 15. Oh, and, wow. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so I don't want to talk about the whole journey. But as a 15-year-old, I don't know how a 15-year-old from the West Coast of Ireland learns about feng shui, but I was into it. We moved house a lot of times. Like, So this was the year when my mom, finally, we got a house that was like, you can have your own bedroom and you can decorate it your own way. And I'm like, I want to feng shui it. I just was hooked from the minute I read about it. I was like, this is amazing. And actually, a few years later, I I convinced my parents, who are not into any of this stuff, to hire a feng shui expert to come and work on their business. So they've been entrepreneurs like all their lives, having their own businesses. And I just like, I don't know, maybe I'd heard them talking like something's going wrong or this or this. And I'm like, we need to feng shui the hotel. And um, we did actually bring a feng shui consultant to come and work on their business and also on our new house. We were moving from the old one to uh, the new house. So I was kind of just into it from the get-go. But I forgot about it for many, 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 many years. And I actually was in hospitality. I ran some businesses with my family. Um, I got into the family business and I left it all and quit and moved to India, became a yoga teacher and started doing holistic therapies and still was just like doing my own thing with business. And I think that's when we kind of crossed paths. In the beginning, I was really just doing holistic therapy, sound healing. But what happened was clients were coming to me and I have like being gifted with many intuitive um, gifts and um, they would come to me and I'd be doing my holistic work with them and then say, tell me about your bedroom. What's going in your sitting room? What's happening here? And it literally was this whole synergy of the stuff I'd studied young, um, younger as a youth and really had always still done little bits of it around my own house myself. And I would start asking them about it. And then they would be like, oh, what does this have to do with me releasing trauma and anxiety? Or what does this have to do with my bank account? And that's where it all started to ripple into a bigger focus for me when I really was like, okay, I'm going to take this on. I'm going to function my own house like properly like, and dive even deeper. So I did it. I functioned my bedroom, functioned my home, attracted my husband who also does functioning. He's been into it since he was in his 20s. And my business was bricks and mortar back then. So I was very much like, you know, either going to someone's house or they were coming to me for one-to-one treatments. Um, I had like a, a retail air as well. I used to sell singing bowls and all holistic things. But finally, we decided we wanted to travel and go on our honeymoon, which kind of is, I think we're still on it. We, still, we haven't properly gone back to Ireland since three years ago. And we got to Ireland, we got to Bali. And I was like, I think I'm going to do something online. And people, you know, you could ask that question, like, what do people ask you about all the time? And I'm like, they always ask me about feng shui. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to do a little mini course on it. And three years ago, this month, we had six people join like a little, little mini 
taster course and it just spiraled from there and we were able to then convert that program so that was a very basic beginner's basic knowledge of feng shui and what happened was they were coming those clients were coming and asking me bigger questions about feng shui that I'm like I need more information like I need to be actually doing a personal consultation for you to actually calculate it because it's a much more complex thing than most people understand it's not just moving furniture knocking walls or like hanging weird things in your house like that's not what I practice it's very much about the energy of the place and making sure that it's 100% supportive of what it is that you want so it could literally be directly impacting your bank account the number of clients you have or you know your family's relationship like your loving relationship and that's what was coming to me the clients that were coming to me were like oh, I'm going to like lose my house. I have no clients, I have no money. Like, And I'm like, this basic stuff isn't going to work. I need to dive deeper. So in the past year, three years, we've developed a program like a couple of months later, like this is how we can do it. So we do distance feng shui for clients all over the world. We've created a group program for that. So we've like hundreds of people and it's not even just the quantity. It's just the implementation is just the biggest and best part because of the momentum that we've created and the community around it because it can be quite a lonely thing when people are like oh feng shui like how would I do it on my own how would I get the support to do it to implement it and we really have transformed the process that used to be something we would do in person into an online supportive community and also a high very high implementation which means results and you know the same with any program someone joins your soba program if they sit and they like follow your steps do this you will get results that's exactly the same and um, when it comes to feng shui so it's been an amazing journey and uh yeah and it really has just been just eye-opening how we can transform something that we used to do in in person into online but also make it even more effective and efficient and with better results mm. so basically three years ago there was none of this, like you had still a brick and mortar business doing holistic things. So that's kind of a fast track. I see people starting out and going online and maybe leaving brick and mortar business behind or maybe keeping it still, but they're really kind of struggling to kind of make it work fast. They do not join Samba or some other program. They may be trying to do their <laughs> own, but no, I, I mean, it's, there is something in, um, how you approach, maybe how you invest yourself. Maybe that's one of the reasons we met at this uh, event where we met at. I'm just feeling, I'm always curious why some people seem to go this path much faster. It's not just the right strategies, but it's something about, did you immediately kind of invest in yourself and get some help to get this going? Or what was your, you know, how did you know what to do next? That is a really good question. I think that the first thing was, and something about me is I am persistent. <laughs> so <laughs> that is something that like people have identified with me. Like I started my sound healing business with 50 euros and a maxed out credit card. And I believe in something so much. My passion is infectious. And that is one of the big things that really was the driver. And once I started seeing like, I think the, the big thing was when we did that baby beginners program, I was like, this is not enough. I need to do more and better. I need to fix it and sort it. So then we upgraded to the next thing. And it was always just like, how can we make it better? And as soon as the results started coming in, I think that gave me more confidence to shout a little louder, you know, and to share even more. And that kind of persistence of like, well, what's the next thing? Like, how can we make it better? And I definitely did invest in myself in terms of 
yeah, there was some bigger investments in terms of like team. I remember actually working with the, the coach and I was, I was in a mastermind actually at the time. And I was in the mastermind and there was someone else in the mastermind and she was like, I was doing it to kind of a smaller to the same people. You know, I sold it to sales, same list. And then I sold it again to the same list. And like my list wasn't growing much more. And they were like, you need to invest in Facebook ads. Like you're going to have to do Facebook ads. And I was like, and I remember like we took risks. I think that was one of the big, another big part of it is risk. Like we invested like everything we had in the Facebook ads. You know, it was just like, where is the next money for that next ad coming from for that time? So it was like a huge risk. But on the other side of that, I actually remember, like, I'm sure you do remember everyone who joins your program, but I remember one specific woman who was messaged, messaged me and she does great testimonials and everything for me now. But she messaged and she was just like, I am so grateful that I saw your ad. You have changed my life. And I'm like, oh my God, like, you know what? If I didn't start like just putting it out a little bit further and expanding out of it, like I would have never found her now. She's like totally like my biggest fan. She's like bought her book, my books for everyone. She's just like, she wants my program like on the education curriculum in Ireland, you know? And that was her thing. She was like, she found me on a Facebook ad, you know? And that is for me, I think the biggest transition was kind of going, okay, we're going to do ads and then it was like okay so I'm get support with it because I had kind of like messed around with I'm like you know what this is not going to work if it's me doing something that I am crap at basically like I hate attention I've no attention like attention to detail and those little things like that with the ads I was like oh my god this is just too much for me so that really was a big part and then the next the next um, scaling this was being part of a mastermind is really good because I had great support. But then it was also that stepping out of my comfort zone for the ads and kind of saying to Ken, you know, okay, we're just going to like put everything that we've got now into this and trust. And that's another big part was it's like trusting and you have to have that confidence in the program. And it's not like we hadn't launched it before and hadn't got good results. So every time it was like a few more, more people joined, like, six people, 12 people, 17 people, 30 people. And then it was like, okay, well, actually, if we do some ads, we could double that and then double that again. It's just getting out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Those who are really successful online business, I've seen the same uh, type of, uh, you know, track, especially in terms of investing into ads and also in a team or something, taking that risk and just trusting that there's a return on investment I love that you say also persistent. I call it perseverance. It's the same thing, I guess. Uh, it's like, I don't give up. Too many people give up too soon. And, you know, even if you just make one or two sales, it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with the program. You just maybe didn't do enough. Not enough people saw it, whatever. And you just do it again and again and again. So basically your beginner course is your signature course today. So no, actually our signature course. So we have actually got a little, we kind of, we went up to the bigger program that actually is our signature program. And then when we do like a, a launch, like we just did, we would then tell people like, look, we do have a beginner's program, which is like a step into it. It's because a lot of people feel nervous about, you know, stepping into feng shui. They're like, what? Like, and they're like, I've heard about it. I'm not really sure. It sounds great, but it's a bigger investment. So have you got something like that? I can like dip my toe into the water with it. And that's what we have now. And I make people really aware of the fact that this is just the tip of the iceberg. There's fundamental issues going on in your life around your money or your relationship. Like doing these subtle things and this will help 
it will make a difference, but it may not be the critical transformer in it. And that's just giving people a taste of it. And you know what, at the same time, which always blows my mind is that people have amazing results from that program, from that baby program. But for me, I'm like, if you want real change, you have to dive into it and embrace it. Yeah. Yeah. So coming to what is really going on, you started by asking how is your bedroom and uh, things like that when you were kind of also dipping your toes into this direction that you are now uh, doing every day. What's really going on? Okay, so this is a really amazing question because when it comes to feng shui, a lot of people kind of like an image comes up to their mind of what they think it is. And I feel like I'm a little bit of a disruptor in this industry because for me, Every house is completely unique and it's almost, it has its own personality. It has its own energy and it is like directly impacting what's going on in your life, whether you like it or not. (laughs) This is the kind of scary thing because at the moment and in person, the personal development world, we have a lot of people, like there's a lot of talk of like, go inwards, figure out what's going on in the inside. Like it's your fault or something happened to your past. And that's where we're kind of directed to look. And I'm 100% behind that work. Like I'm 100%, I'm like, it's amazing. But there's a point where you get to that you actually need to put your head up and look around and go, hang on a minute. My environment has not changed in 10 years. Or since I moved into this house, we have been fighting like cats and dogs. Or this year, just money has just stopped coming in. And that's like not something that you're doing internally. Like that is not your fault. And that's a huge thing that I like to kind of tell people like, you know what, if stuff is kind of not going the way you want it, it may not be you. And, you know, just take that burden off your shoulders for a minute and let's just see what's going on energetically in your home. This is something that I I like to bring up, especially when I'm talking about business is Whole Foods, Hyundai Cars, Bloomingdale's, Morgan Stanley, Shangri-La hotels, all of these companies, Pepsi, Coca-Cola, like you name it, they've all done feng shui. Disney changed the entrance of their business. Intel, all of them use feng shui. The entire of Hong Kong is based on feng shui and the businesses call in feng shui experts to improve their businesses and to make sure if there's something going wrong, they call the, it's like an engineer being called in. So that goes down to the fact like these companies are not just doing it to wave it like, oh, we do feng shui because it's like great and in vogue. That's not the fact. They actually are companies that just like us as businesses, we look at the bottom line. We're looking at the numbers, like how is this going to impact my profitability and how is it going to improve my customer relationships, my human resources and create a positive environment for me to make more money, but also for everyone who comes into the place. And that's where... This is really, for me, a part where I'm like, okay, so we're all about like the funnels and the Facebook ads and doing that. But if the environment that you're holding that space for is bad for money, it's going to be really hard for you to make money. And there may be people that are listening here. And I don't know, Sigrun, you know, when you're teaching your program, there's, these are the things you need to do. And people like maybe hitting up against walls of like, I don't understand. And even as a coach, you're probably looking, I don't know, like you're doing everything I can see right. And there's still something off. And for me, that's when I'm usually called in because it's like, there's something else going on here. It's not your ads and it's not your copy. It's actually, there's something else. So 
let's have a look at the environment. And that's what I do. And it's almost like when you think about magnets and how magnets work, you can look at magnets and see them repelling like visually. It's there. It's a fact. But it's invisible as well. You know, it's there. It's a fact. And it's the same kind of thing and dynamic that goes on with feng shui. It's acupuncture for your home. It's bringing the energy in alignment so we can really call in what you want. Mm. So if you would name the top, let's say, five mistakes people make in terms of the environment, what would those be? First of all, I'm going to do kind of more businessy because I love like doing offices and things. So in terms of office setup, one of them is, and this is where this iceberg comes in. Like there's the bigger layer of things that I work with people on the energetics, but like physically there's some things that you can do. And that is Sigrun, I want to just applaud you having a nice wall behind you, a nice strong chair that you're sitting in. Like those are amazing. I don't know how many calls you go on and you see someone with their back to the door, but your back is to the business. You can't see what's coming at you. You don't have any support and it's a very vulnerable position for you to sit in. So if you're an entrepreneur and your back is to the door, turn around, get your back to a wall and see what's coming at you. If your desk is like pushed up to a wall, like it's like kind of going nowhere. I remember talking to a client and it was actually a podcast interview as well, but actually we were go- she was like, I'm wedged into the corner. I feel like I'm going nowhere. And it's like this symbiology of like between like how you position yourself and what's going on is very, very, very amazing and eye-opening. So for me, that would be one big mistake is actually not creating an office that is aligned with your vision for your business. So, you know, I feel like yours is so connected, like it's lovely and white and you've got your red tulips with red, like it's on brand, but also it looks like it's supportive and I kind of like, I'm the boss. Yeah, I can actually, we can't see this on the video if people are watching the video, but actually I used to have my desk against uh, a little wall here that actually ends uh, on the top. It's like, it's like two floors here. It felt good. You know, I was building my business, it was going well, da, da, da. And then I heard this concept of putting your desk against the wall. So I turned it around. Actually, I bought a new desk that was white instead of beige or brown because I like white. On the wall here to my right are all my achievements. This is a suggestion from my mother many, many years ago. And I was thinking of taking it down because I felt it almost like was like arrogant or showing off and people would come to my home and they see, because I have four master's degrees and they all hang here. There is prices for business plans, my Dale Carnegie certificate trainer, da, da, da. Like they're all here on the wall next to me. And it was my mother's suggestion. She's very proud. And I was thinking, I'm going to take it down when I change my desk. And then I thought, no. This is my success wall. Yes. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. This is something that I totally recommend for people to have to remind you. Another part of this is that your office, the things you have in your office are aligned with, you know, your successes and your growth and recognizing how you've invested in yourself and the things you've accomplished. Sometimes in people's offices, they have like kids' toys old suitcases, books belonging to their husband, you know, so it's like, be really careful about what you have in your space. And is it aligned with where you're going? And that's another really clear one around. I love using the analogy of like, make your home a vision for your future. Like, is it embodying where you're going? Or is it like a shrine to your past? 
what are you putting in your space that is aligned with where you're going? So that's a, I love that. And I would highly recommend you having all of those accomplishments in your office and seeing them and recognizing them. Other things I love for people to have in their office is say even like a vision board for your business. Or, you know, if you have like a kind of a goal or a vision for what you want to accomplish, like the number you want or the company that you want to work with, or, you know, a podcast you want to be featured in, like get those up as visuals. So you see it. And it's almost like this is where I'm going. Like this is what I'm, I'm moving towards. It gives you that momentum. Yeah. I used to have on my desk, <laughs> I'm showing to Patricia a box where it says million. And it's, of course, a symbol for a million dollars. And I bought the perfume in a duty-free store two years before I achieved the goal. But it was on my desk. So I saw it every single day. And then I opened it up when I achieved the million two years ago. <laughs> Oh my God, what a great way of anchoring that. You know, what an amazing way to anchor it and also to remind you and to see that those constant reminders. Yeah, I love, I love, I love, love that. That's brilliant. And then other things that I see people like doing in terms of like mistakes with their offices is like the artwork in your office. So I have like a, some interesting examples, but I have one in particular. I, I was doing an anal, uh, office analysis for a lady and I was like, God, I don't know what I'm going to say to her. Like she had a lovely desk. She was sitting positioned really well. And on the wall was this big painting. And I was like, tell me a bit about the painting. What is it? And she said, oh, it's a winter scene. And like, think about winter. Winter is like hibernation. There's no growth. There's no flourishing. It's cold. Like, it's not a good picture for the, for, and you know, we don't realize that this is directly impacting our mindset in our space. And then she goes, yes, it was my ex-husband's. And I'm like, that represents a loss. You know, it represents something that didn't work out. Like you want things in your office that worked out. And even thinking about the symbolism, if you do want to have a season, why not have summer harvest when it's like everything's in bloom, like images that represent growth and teamwork and expansion that really can make a huge difference. Anything else people can add? So let's say they're doing all of this. They have the artwork. Uh, let's say they have, you know, in my case, I have my success wall. I have a wall behind me. I actually just moved the cupboard behind me as well. So I could put some flowers on there and have fresh flowers. Then I have a bookshelf here. I actually have two chairs in front of my desk because I used to be a CEO for 10 years. And in one of the jobs I had, I had a huge office. It had chairs no, not chairs in front of my desk, but more like, like a meeting place, like, like a, a round table with chairs around it. In my home office in Iceland, I don't have that space for an extra table, but I bought chairs and I bought like not cheap chairs. I went to, you know, the Vitra chairs, uh, they're like designer chairs and they are in front of my desk. Nobody will ever sit on them because this is not an office that people come to, but these are my extra chairs if, for my dining table when somebody comes. You know, looking at them every single day makes me think I'm successful because there are kind of meeting chairs in front of my desk. Uh, but is there anything else you could say people might be doing wrong? You did mention the bedroom. Because we spend a lot of time in the bedroom as well, this potentially in the office, this is probably the two places we spend the most time in. What is with the bedroom and the connection? Let's say, you know, if you are running a business, because we started off with talking about that. Could the bedroom ruin everything we're doing in the office if that's not in alignment? That's so interesting. So honestly, my favorite rooms to talk about are the office and the bedroom. They're so interesting. And the bedroom is one of these places that, first of all, 
it's like a place that should be about rest, romance and relaxation. Three words. And that's where it's about creating clear boundaries between your work and your off time. Because I see a lot of entrepreneurs and when I say this, they go, oh, like they have their phone beside their head in their bedroom. And I'm like, you know how much work you spend, how often you are working on your phone. And basically, are you sleeping with your business? <laughs> That's a pause here. <laughs> are you sleeping with your business instead of maybe your spouse? <laughs> Instead of your spouse or, you know, this is like, you know, what about this balance between your spouse and your relationship? Like if you have your work items and this just literally, I did a consult in a house recently, like a couple of months ago and I was in the bedroom and I was like, what's all that stuff there? And uh, the woman goes, oh, that's all his business notes and paperwork. And I'm like, they need to get out of your bedroom. Like you can't have work stuff in there. And it's about having this clear boundaries between work and off because first of all, you need more sleep. Like Ariana Huffington has proved that we need more, as much sleep as possible to be as restful as possible. But also if we want to honor a relationship, we have to really make sure the bedroom is just a sanctuary for your relationship only. Now I know there may be people listening here and saying, well, my office is in my bedroom. And that's where, again, I'm like, just put like a shawl over your desk at night, like clear the boundaries with this. So in the bedrooms, technology, just like And this is actually a habit that I've got into is like leaving my phone downstairs, like actually turning off the Wi-Fi at night off it, leaving it downstairs so it doesn't get touched until after I've done my morning practice, until I'm ready to kind of get into work mode. And that sets you up for the day and not just like, you know, it clearly focuses you on your relationship. The next thing with the bedroom is just really being clear of like the you know the setup of it so whether it's you have to have your office there like clearly put something a boundary between your bedroom and your office like put a cover it again tv cover it at night time you don't want it reflecting you and then think in pairs so this is for either if you're in a relationship or you want to call in a relationship and this is one thing that I did to call Ken in was I actually um feng shui my bedroom for love so that meant I had a beautiful statue of a couple and no family photos in your bedroom, just a picture of you and your partner or a picture of a painting of a couple that really resonates with you. So this is about like, you know, looking at each room and being like, well, what is this actually meant for and using it for that? And then again, the same with your office. You know, if this is your office, just use it for, use your space for your office for your work stuff. And then like, okay, I'm going to do other stuff. I'm going to move to a different place. And I've had people who are like, I work from the couch. And I'm like, God, it must be really hard for you to switch off if you just go over and bring your laptop and you work on the couch. Because how do you then activate that creative side of your brain when you get the best ideas are not when you're on your laptop typing. They're when you're like chilling out or for me lying in the hammock, just like doing nothing. I'm like, oh, this is an idea. And so it's about giving yourself those boundaries between your off leisure and your work. Mm, I love that. So, so many great, great, great tips. And uh, I am so excited to hear from the listeners. So I want, actually, I have a task for our listeners. I know it's, it's getting very dark in Bali. It's I can see it now. I'm like, oh, I'm like, I need to move to internal light. <laughs> so we have a task for our listeners to tag us in an Instagram story 
and share their biggest takeaway from these wonderful instructions or lessons from Patricia on what you can improve. Uh, so please tag us on Instagram, either in your Facebook, uh, in your Instagram feed or in your Instagram story. We would love to know what you're going to implement from this. So Patricia, what's next for you? Because now you've already built your, you know, wonderful business. And well, actually, I know. I want to ask you about the outer environment. That was the next question. <laughs> So you are currently in Bali. You've been kind of on and off living there since last three years, you have shared with me. But you are also, just before we hit record on this episode, that you are going to also live in the US. Now, why is that? So you can't ignore things when they happen. So when we were in, we actually um, spent most of the winter in um, the Alps skiing and we felt like this wasn't quite the right feeling of the place. And we're like, okay, we need to go somewhere else. So New York had been calling. And once I got there and every time I've been there before, like magical connections started to happen. You know, it was just like this. I was on TV a few times. I've got some incredible opportunities in the media. I was like, I can't ignore this. So that's really when we're like listening to the call of it. And I feel like, just like yourself, I have like a really big vision for me and for my life and for what I want to create and how I want to share this message, like bigger than what it is already and even bigger than that, like bigger than I can kind of imagine. And I can do it to a certain extent here in Bali, but I know that if I want to really expand it and kind of honor that magic that happens when I get to the, the States that I've really have to, we're going to just invest some time there. And it is a very different environment. And that's exactly it. It's like Bali gives us the beautiful, nourishing, um, nice weather, the beautiful energy, lovely people. But for me, it's also honoring like who you are. And you know me, I'm such a people person and I love being around people. I love being around like-minded people. Hence why I was at Iconic and why I go to so many networking things. And people, that energy feeds me and gives me more energy to grow and give, inspire me. So that's one of the big things is that we we're kind of like, yeah, let's just go and see what happens. And just follow that, that media. Yeah, that lots of media exposure that's happened already and kind of like allow it and harness that as well. So it's not like from here, it's a 34 hour journey to get to New York for like a media opportunity. Whereas there it'll be like, okay, do you want to be on GMA tomorrow? I'll be like, yeah, sure, I can do it. Or I can hop on a plane. So we're going to balance the two of them and honor that fact that we know this is a nourishing environment for us, but that we can really, I can see a lot more growth and expansion in the business for us there. And this kind of connects with, uh, you know, designing your home or house uh, for success is that I have seen a lot of entrepreneurs move to a certain place because it will uh, grow their network and opportunities faster because they're surrounded with those opportunities on a daily basis, like you say, without hopping on a plane. So yeah, I love that. And I bet we'll see each other in New York or Los Angeles soon. Oh, yes. Uh, I'm totally got Iceland on my on my thing. Yeah, I've told Ken already. We're going to Zigrin's event in Iceland. Of course, you're coming in 2020 to my event, Patricia. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for sharing all your wisdom with my listeners and sharing your journey. I'm always so curious how people get to the place where they are today, and I wish you lots of success for the future. Thank you so much for coming on the show. We'll link to all your websites stuff in the show notes, and please, listeners. 
tag us on Instagram, tag us on Insta stories and uh, tell us what you got out of this show. Thank you so much. Thank you. Go to signal.com forward slash 326 to find links to Patricia Lohan and the show notes of this episode. Thank you so much for listening to The Signal Show. Did you enjoy this episode? If you did, please let me and Patricia know that you liked it by tagging us on Instagram and using the hashtag Sigrun Show. I'll see you in the next episode. <laughs>